Welcome to the Make Books Travel Podcast. I'm Marlene Seegers, co-founder of Two Seas Agency, a California-based literary agency that represents publishers, agents, and a select number of authors from around the world. By interviewing international publishing professionals, I'll be giving you, listeners of this podcast, an insider's look into how books travel, from manuscript to published book, from one language to another, or from page to screen. Welcome to the fourth episode of the Make Books Travel podcast. For this episode, I'm joined by Marina Penalva, an agent at the Barcelona-based Casanovas and Lynch Literary Agency. Marina and I have known each other for many years. In fact, we couldn't even remember when it was exactly that we first met. It seems like she's just always been around. I'm very happy she's joining me today to give an insight into the current situation of the Spanish publishing industry. Hi, Marina. Thank you for joining me for today's podcast episode recorded, I believe, on the eve of a holiday weekend in Spain, right? It's May 1st tomorrow. Um, hi. Yes. Um, yes, it's uh, the it's 10, half, 10 in the evening here in Barcelona at the moment and just at the end of a, of a short week and a long working day. <laughs> Mm. Well, thank you also for taking the time to uh, sit down with me, virtually speaking. As I mentioned in the introduction, you're a literary agent based in Barcelona, Spain. And Spain has sadly been one of the hardest hit countries during the pandemic. So first of all, I just wanted to say that I hope you and your family and dear ones are all faring well. Thanks. Um, yeah, we, we've been very fortunate in you know in our in the family, but also in the agency and in the close uh, group of friends. Um, that's not to say that there have been a few, especially the first uh, couple of weeks, were quite uh, scary, and and you know you got a lot of. Um, contradictory news and, and and some close cases but but in general we've been incredibly fortunate yeah I have to say. <laughs> hmm. Well I'm glad to hear that and from my experience at Two C's agency these recent months uh, since the beginning of of the lockdown the uh, the Spanish publishing industry has suffered greatly unfortunately from the consequences of that lockdown and I'd like to get your thoughts and insight here during the podcast. But first, could you briefly introduce yourself and outline your publishing career so far? Um, yes, of course. I, I, I will try my best. Um, well, um, uh, my name is Marina Penalva. I live in Barcelona. I, um, I, well, I began in publishing exactly 20 years ago. And mm, congratulations! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> exactly, as as an intern in the year two thousand, uh, when I was finishing my degree in in media studies, and um, I've pretty much, uh, with the exception of of a of a year off, um, I've pretty much been in publishing all my life. Um, first as an intern, um, then I worked as an editor for a Catalan publishing house for roughly four and a half years, um, which was very interesting to get another perspective. And um, since uh, almost yeah two years and a half um, at um, working as an agent at Casanovas and Lynch, in Barcelona, um, I'm handling my own writers, and I'm also taking care of um, the foreign clients that the agency represents. 
and that we co-agent for and well helping around in general with um, a lot of other aspects all right thank you for the uh, the introduction what um could you tell me what the situation is in spain currently in, in light of the covid 19 pandemic um, i believe the total lockdown is slowly getting lifted right Yeah, actually, it's 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 it's. I was telling you before, it's great that we're talking now because I I it's it's infinitely better than a few weeks ago. We Spain has had one of the I think one of the strictest um, lockdowns um, in Europe and in the world um, since March 14th. Um, you know, everybody has been. Um, um, well, everybody has had to stay indoors. Basically, everything was shut. And there were very um, high fines uh, if you got uh, caught breaking the law. Um, so, um, so it was, and, and it all happened very quickly as well. We were basically it was announced on a Friday, and by by Sunday morning, uh, it was already implemented. Um, it um, it caught the the I think the country uh, in general and the people. We were all very unprepared. Um, uh, for the situation so now fortunately it's it's um well it's been over 45 days i think i've lost count <laughs> but <laughs> it's much better in the sense that since last uh saturday sunday um children are allowed out for one hour a day which makes a huge difference um for Uh, well, six million kids in Spain and their families. Yeah. And since next Saturday, that means uh, tomorrow, uh, the day after tomorrow, um, people over 14 years old will be allowed out. Um, and so basically everybody will be allowed out by turns and in order to do sport or just to go for a walk in small groups of um up to two people so you can your family or whoever you're sharing the flat with um so yeah so the the general feeling is is um of course people are still very worried and and you know it's it's been a, a huge a huge um yeah struggle to adapt but uh, i think uh, in comparison with a couple of weeks ago um you know the people are more optimistic and hopeful there's light at the end of the tunnel and, and slowly things are everybody's getting ready for this new normality. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I think mentally it's a, it's a huge difference to know that, as you say, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, um, that it is coming. And so you're saying that starting Saturday, everybody can go yeah. out again in a restricted way. Um, how about uh, stores other than grocery stores and pharmacies? Uh, I, I know bookstores, for instance, have been closed for over a month now. Yeah. Is there any sense of when they will be able to open again? Well, actually, uh, it was announced yesterday that um, small um, bookstores are considered small convenience stores or s small small businesses, and they're allowed open since next Monday, so since May 4th. So that, that's been mm -hmm. wonderful news. Um, I think libraries will be, if everything goes well and this, it doesn't, doesn't no more contagions, um, libraries will open on May 11th. And, and progressively, um, you know, people will be able to to organize events, small events, uh, outdoors in groups of, I think the first phase is 30 people, then 60, and then it goes up. 
um, and and also there's different. It, I was actually trying to study it today. It's so complicated. Everything you can and you can't do in each phase. But I do know that bookshops can open next Monday. They haven't all been well. Of course, they've been physically closed, but some bookshops have, have continued to do business um, through their websites, uh, selling online, either um, selling books uh, by delivery or just selling them and then asking customers to pick them up once they reopen. And there's hmm. been different models and um, different, well, a little, yeah. I have to say they haven't been very coordinated. Everybody's done a little bit their own their own thing, but um, you know they've made a. They, it's been really really tough for them. I think bookshops have really suffered in general, and hmm. um, and yeah, um, we'll uh, all hoping that everybody will run run to buy books on Monday to help yeah. them. Yeah, let's, let's hope so. And what was the state of the Spanish publishing market before the start of the pandemic? Um, well, I always think that well, publishing is never is never buoyant, like it's never amazing. It's always there's always you know it's always a struggle and there's always a crisis. But mm. it is true that in the last years, um, you know, independent publishing is thriving in Spain and Latin America. Not only publishing houses, but independent bookshops, um, uh, also media and, and blogs and all kinds of outlets so i i i i was optimistic and i remain optimistic that it will get back uh it will slowly get back on track um it was also a really good moment for certain more literary kind of books that uh, uh perhaps a few years ago were harder to to find a way to readers um so even even in latin america it was uh, you know it wasn't it was you know argentina some countries really still uh, going through a hard time but but in general the feeling was positive i mean we there was bookshops many bookshops opened in barcelona in the last five years and in madrid oh and wonderful that that's always encouraging yeah hmm hmm yeah, it's great to hear that there are so many new, like, independent publishers and booksellers, um, bookstores. Yeah, and they, they uh, are doing and they're doing such an amazing job as well. They, they, I mean, I, 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 when somebody complains, I always say, "But listen, there's there's so many good books being published by so many great independent publishers. Of course, you can always wish wish for more, but." Hmm. Um, it's it's a very big market and there's this 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 space for very specialized publishers very neat, a lot of niche niche companies that that are doing amazing amazing work um that's not to say everything is perfect <laughs> we have um there was you know there's a particular very particular thing of, of from spain which is there's two very large corporate groups and and then a big gap and then um the the rest of publishers so that so the mid-sized publishing houses are yeah no longer or or well way less present no, there are some and they're do, they're doing well but um just in the last years i we had the feeling that the the, the big corporate groups just just got bigger and yeah. um and acquired other other publishers or 
um, expanded in in some ways. So that that's never you know for 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 a kind of a, for an, a book industry. It's 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 never good news because it's, it's, yeah. it's it doesn't really help exactly mm. the diversity. But nevertheless, I mean, I, I like I say, I'm, I I think in general we we were well off in comparison to to, to ten years ago or to you know to to the years um, after the 2010 recession. Hmm. Right. And since the uh, the start of the pandemic, what's your feeling? Um, with regards to acquisitions and and publication of of books, has uh, the the Spanish publishing world been on a standstill? Like, are editors no longer buying for the time being, and or have publication dates been postponed of books that were supposed to come out? Um, well, <laughs> it's interesting because um, I don't think there's one um, you know answer that that answers everything that's been going on there has been i know that you know that the, the first weeks especially were, were very chaotic and difficult for publishing houses to constantly readjusting their publishing calendar most of them have moved all their books that were not in bookstores already or all their new books they've just um postponed the launch till june or july or so there's been a kind of um a shift, a three-month shift, uh, or, or standby. Um, in terms of what they're they're buying, or if they're buying at all, I mean, pretty much not buying, <laughs> not buying mm. anything except for um, so big, uh, you know, big books, um, either very timely books about you know the pandemic or science books or or simply books by by brand authors um but, mm, big but things exactly uh, but but very you know a lot of them have just been focusing on readapting their business model and uh, shifting to homeworking to digital to mm-hmm. um to the books they had just published uh, spring is uh, you know it's the biggest publishing season here for us so um, so no, there hasn't been a lot of buying. Although I have to say that, as as an agent, we we I would say we're privileged because we see the whole the whole scope, mm-hmm. and we talk to all the editors. And and actually, some of them um, were the opposite. They were using you know this they, they they said this was an interesting opportunity for them to maybe get ahead of the competition or. Um, hmm. um, yeah. we've we've been we've we've tried to be really creative and and facilitate things to everybody and there's been you know open minded about how contracts can be done agreements can be done and and I honestly I if an editor is keen on a book now I I think they should be rewarded for being for being uh, well for for the for being kind of brave in the in the face yeah, of, of, of difficult times for being courageous so so we've been busy I mean I, I've personally been quite a lot quite busy but it, it it did the feeling that the first weeks everything froze a little bit um, was, was was evident 
Hmm. Right. And I guess the same you know, we, we mentioned or you mentioned it earlier already, like in terms of the bo- the sales of the of books that were already out. Um, you you mentioned that some bookstores, although physically they were closed, they were selling their books online. Um, how could you tell us a little bit more about that, like online sales? Yeah, well, you know, um, one of the big disadvantages is that, um, you know, the market still relies so much on print. It's psychological uh, for readers, for booksellers, for publishers. And and it's 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 still quite far behind in in relation to the north of Europe or the states or UK. Um, it's um, you know print is super important. So so that's created a little bit of um, well a dilemma for 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 everybody and and especially for readers because there's a lot of readers who who want to support small bookstores and independent bookstores. But the problem is that most of them were not equipped to sell ebooks or audiobooks through their websites. They didn't have their their books on available on the website, um, or they were just directly they were closed. Um, I have to say, then slowly, like everybody got, you know, they got their their website working, or they got their catalog, um, you know, all in an ebook or whatever. But it it's still. It's still very far behind, and and it, digital sales have obviously gone up. I I don't know the percentage, but everything has gone up. Audio, ebook, uh, streaming, um, mm, so all you're speaking, yeah, yeah, all kind of models. Mm. Um, there have been a couple of interesting initiatives of um, publishers selling directly to readers, but then giving readers the option to, um. To choose a bookshop to which they give the percentage, so mm, it's a kind oh. of like adopt a bookshop yeah. program. <laughs> so the editor mm, offers like the books yeah. on their website, and and then when you go and buy it, you say, "I, I want to give my commission. I want to. I want to. You know, I want. I want." And they 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 send the money to the bookshop or the their share. And then there's been a couple of platforms uh, where. You know, they that have been created just for this situation where books, bookshops could sell their books. Really? Um, yeah, um, it hasn't been. I mean, it's been really good. If you think of this, how quickly everything happened and and how unprepared we were, it's been okay. But hmm. it hasn't been. It yeah, it hasn't been. In my perspective, it, it, it it's it's a little bit of a missed opportunity you now because. Because, um, well, I, I think, find that as, a, as an industry, we should consider ourselves lucky because when Spain, for instance, relies a lot on tourism, which has been really badly hit. And yeah. most of the Spanish economy is, is hotels and cruise ships and what have you, restaurants. Our small publishing um, industry is actually has a, you know, has, has, a, is, has a place and, and and we have a, I would say this is a captive audience, literally captive, because uh, they can't leave their homes. So, so it's a pity that we have not found an easier, better, more attractive way to just get books into people's hands without mm. them having to, you know, lose time looking uh, online or finding different ways. 
or basically mm. also without you know obviously you can always buy on amazon but that's also you know a lot of people like to support other bookshops but they, right. have, to, they have to make that it easy <laughs> exactly yeah yeah Mm-mm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then um so yeah and and then also there's the issue with um you know in other in, in countries like france the the immediately the 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 minister for culture announced uh, some kind of grants and and support to to publishers and booksellers and we're still waiting for that to happen here oh really nothing has been announced not not in a major way no i mean okay. there have been oh. i think some. there's a plan to like libraries to buy more books from bookshops but but nothing like you know like the french government has done which is a pity because it, it's a kind of a it's an indicator of how well how, how little it matters now and in, in, in the, yeah in, in this in the government or in their in their kind of scale of priorities hmm. so so we're still waiting for that and yeah. like i said i mean the the, the sales and the, the things happening well there's been it's still ongoing and I, I think uh, digital sales will go up obviously and will continue to go up but it's a real shame that that the, can- the country was so unprepared for it yeah I mean how to prepare for a pandemic right uh... <laughs> exactly well, that, <laughs> I think nobody no yeah no, nobody that. could prepare but, but maybe mm-hmm. I think or if it just had happened two years later you know because mm. we're just on the cusp of 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 really kind of you know implementing and people were starting to you know everybody was is, is, is paying for at least two or three streaming uh, video platforms right. so mm. it was just a matter of time before they did the same with with audio platforms or ebook platforms or whatever so but still yeah it's early days mm. we'll we'll see we'll yeah. see and so you mentioned it earlier also, um, as far as initiatives are concerned, uh, so you said like in a couple of publishing houses or, or new websites have been created to support uh, local bookstores where, where readers can buy their books rather than going to Amazon. Uh, are there any other ishi- initiatives sorry, uh, that have been taken by, you know, any publishing professionals, authors, publishing houses, booksellers, literary agents, since the start of the pandemic, to um, in order to keep their heads above the water and and mitigate economic losses as much as possible. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know about the part of mitigating the losses, but there's definitely been, um, uh, you know, hundreds of initiatives. It's been amazing. Um, well, the thing here was that Italy. The first weeks we followed a lot what was going on in Italy and in Italian publishing because Italy had, you know, it was like two weeks ahead. Yeah. And and because Spain has always traditionally looked to Italy and vice versa and 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 similar habits. But um, oh, there's been there's been so many things going on um, from obviously all kind of. Um, you know, uh, live uh, presentations, live um, author debates. Um, there's uh, publishers who have created, well, there's, there's one indie publisher who has created a kind of a hub um, with activities they propose every day, more, more interactive activities with their authors and then also invited their readers or their fans to send 
send their their diaries and and publish a book with mm. not 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 by famous writers but just by with by by diaries from their community of readers and yeah. there's been I was thinking of what agents have done because <laughs> um, and um well the one of the most interesting uh, things I liked the most was one one agency who who decided to to start a program of um of um encounters between their authors in small groups of um, three or maximum four always around a, a topic and they streamed it live on, on YouTube and Facebook and I, I watched a couple of them they were very interesting oh great some um, kind of like li live dialogues then between yeah, a few authors exactly nice. a kind yeah. of like authors that that mat mix well together mm -hmm. and didn't even need a moderator and it was just a small introduction at the start and and then just let the authors talk and and the the ones I saw were very interesting and I thought that was that was interesting <laughs> um other well like I said before from conversations with other agents and publishers I think some of us are trying to find maybe more creative ways of working perhaps mm -hmm. you know coming up with with new ideas for agreements um and new obviously everybody's well thinking about what kind of content people want what kind of books people want to read or what kind of books people will want to read in a few months but yeah, priorities um, may have shifted indeed yeah exactly <laughs> and and in general i get i guess a little bit what's happened everywhere which is time for deeper reading perhaps not so mm. much superficial reading but actually proper reading and, and and deeper reading and and time for for more longer thoughtful conversations with a lot of people which probably wouldn't conversations that wouldn't have taken place so that's that's a general feeling of, of what's been going on and um yeah i think well there's i to be honest there's so much initiatives online um, uh -huh. that it's hard to, to, to keep track of everything um, um, it feels it's, it's overwhelming a little bit as well <laughs> but that's almost like a, a good problem to have yeah <laughs> and do, you, do you have the feeling that they reach because obviously you work in publishing and so you're you're maybe more on the lookout for these kinds of initiatives do you have the feeling that they they've been working with like the readership and a general mm, yeah, well, audience that's, that's an interesting question because actually um i haven't checked this myself but somebody posted online the other day that they corporate accounts don't really work <laughs> so huh. um they, they they have a lot of followers i'm talking about big publishing houses or big yeah. uh, companies bookshops which have a lot of followers, but then they don't manage to engage in the same way that private, you know, one person, one writer, or one journalist, uh, uh, or one whatever, athlete manages mm. to engage. Uh, it's something that, yeah, I think maybe they're seen as more impersonal or more trying yeah. to sell you something. I, d I don't know. So it was interesting relation between how many followers say you know big a big publishing house has uh compared to how many people were following their activities yeah. and then maybe yeah. as a less known small author 
and managed to engage, you know, 90% of his audience or her audience. Yeah, that's indeed interesting. And I think a lot of things can be learned from that also for, um, you know, the future when uh, hopefully mm. sometime soon things will go back to, to normal. It will be interesting to, yeah, yeah to dive and, into and, that and, more and, deeply. And, and I mean, and of course, there's some exceptions. Huh? There's some 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 publishers yeah. or some yeah. bookshops which are fantastic on social media, and they they manage to 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 convey this warmth or this kind of more personal, less corporate um, conversation. But in general, I notice this this kind of difference in the tone mm. or something. Yeah. Hmm. And speaking of uh, the future, what do you think um, will be the long-term consequences for the Spanish book market? And I know, of course, this is all guesswork. Um, I mean, we, we've been living by the day, so I know this is a tricky question, but I was just curious to, to hear your ideas oh, or your thoughts gosh, about yeah. that. I, well, yeah, first, there's a couple of things. Well, as agents and authors, I think our, so we will suffer probably six, 12 months from now because authors, as you know, you know, receive their earnings a year after. So authors now are receiving earnings from last year's sales. But when we're really yeah. going to feel the, the dip is going to be next year mm -hmm. with the sales of 2020. And, and authors which are used to a stable kind of income will will notice like a real dip in in their in their statements um in terms of i i like to think that we'll come out wiser and stronger from this <laughs> um i yeah i'm worried for the bookshops um something that was kind of something start to happen here is that some a lot of publishers are starting to sell direct and engage direct with their readers. And this in the traditional publishing in Spain, um, you know, they would never skip the bookshops. They would always yeah. um, direct readers to the bookshops. And because it's, it's we need them. Bookshops are amazing. And, and without them, it, it, it would be very sad. So so that's going to be interesting to see how how that kind of, um, you know, develops and how it's possible to find a way where I think it's important that authors and publishers and, and even agents, you know, have a direct, you know, direct reach to readers because otherwise there's a risk of having a, a kind of a, a funnel or a blockage, you know, and it's, it's mm -hmm. nice that you can, that the conversation goes direct, but we have to find a way of, of including everybody. <laughs> and, um, and that's what I'm a little bit worried about. Um, I'm hoping, you know, new readers will come out, of, of course, new digital readers, but also new, new print readers. Um, it depends a lot on these these grants that I was telling you about that, that, that countries like, yeah. yeah, that France are, if it could, you know, it's really like a lifesaver for, for a small publishing house or, or for um, a small bookshop to be able to, to, to count on, 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 on some sort of support to, to pay for the losses of the last three months because otherwise it just it will drag out and it will take a very long time. Um, so I don't know. It was, like I said, we were in quite a sweet spot before <laughs> all this mm -hmm. happened. So I'm hoping we'll return to that you know, sometime mm. not too far away from now. 
Yeah, oh, I I fully support that idea or that mm-hmm. wish. Um, so we mentioned uh, that you and everybody in Spain is is going to be able to go out more freely soon. Um, what has been your typical workday um, since the start of pandemic, like the current work from home situation? What has <laughs> what has a typical workday looked like for you now? Um, Well, I still get up pretty early, so I get up at seven. I do take my time, I think, with breakfast and, you know, then coffee and reading the news or just, um, you know, starting the day a little bit um, less in a rush. And then I try my best to work uh, straight um, until about four or five o'clock. And wow. uh, with as uh, quite a few interruptions from my my son, or or just just to <laughs> get up and <laughs> yeah, you know, look at the look out the window, or, or just to have another coffee or whatever. Um, it's all right. I mean, it's 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 a it's a boring life because you get up, you go, you don't leave the house, you go back, uh, you don't, you don't cross the street, you don't meet anything by chance. You don't, there's no space for, for improvisation for, well, you can be idle, but you can't go very far. So, so, and, and then as well, you're, you're very much in your bubble and that's what I, yeah. I, I miss, you know, being outside my bubble, outside my comfort zone. So basically, that's you... my typical day. Sorry, yeah, I just mm. uh, I finish at four and then then take care of, of of my son and of things around the house and and I have no time for all these movies and series and stuff that people are doing. I usually I'm just learning another stuff. language or no, an instrument. Nothing, <laughs> no, exhausted and um, and I even got into this kind of rhythm where you know more in sync with 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 the daytime and. And with my son's timetable, that I, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to bed really early and waking up really early in the morning. So, so. <laughs> except for today, apparently, because it's, it, it's now almost 11 well, p.m. Tom, 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 <laughs> tomorrow's a holiday. So. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, so, just um, something completely non-pandemic related, just to end with um, on a lighter note. Uh, which book are you currently reading and enjoying, or have you recently read and enjoyed, besides the ones that you're involved with as a literary agent? Um, well, yeah, actually, just last night, I, I was telling my colleagues this morning, I read a, a, a beautiful short Argentinian book. Um, very short, so I I, fin- I started and finished it last night. Um, called um, El Trabajo de los Ojos, the, the Work of the Eyes, by Mercedes Halfon, who's um, she's an Argentinian writer who's born exactly the same year as I was, um, 1980, and it's a very it's I I really really liked it. It's not from my agency, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. She does I don't represent her, but it's a short. It reminded me a little bit of um, this uh, author called Lina Meruan, or or even of The Optic Nerve by Maria Gainza. It's a book about yeah. the kind of the the six or seven eye operations um, the author has had throughout her life, and it's a mix of 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 essay about the eyes, but also of memoir. And, hmm. and and also of of well there's some flashes of poetry and and it's very short very short chapters which just a couple of pages it's very 
peculiar, but, but I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Interesting. So it's based on her own experiences. That's uh... exactly. So she kind yeah. of goes through her life with all the, the, the you know, she's she's had all kinds of problems with her eyesight, hmm. uh, and and it's 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 fascinating. Well, this is it's, it's, it's uh, all her family has had problems with the eyes, but it's it's really hmm. she she explains it in with great detail, but but it's not. It's not a technical book. It's not a medical book. It's a, it's a, it's a literary essay. Hmm. And it's, it's published by a new publisher, one of these independent, thriving <laughs> publishing houses I was telling you about called Las Afueras, which hmm. I, really, I really love. Um, they're based here in Barcelona, and they've, they've just published five or six books, and they're, they're all wonderful. Okay. I'm going to look that up. I'm, I'm intrigued. My uh, Spanish isn't good enough to, to read the original, but I'll see if it's currently... Already yeah. published in translation, or 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 is I, being translated in I, one of the languages I read. I have no idea. I'll look into it. Yeah, know, I'll I'll do some research. No worries. <laughs> um, to wrap everything up, uh, do you have any last thoughts you would like to share with us? Um. Well, um, I just if I could, in a way, I would just like to I don't know um, think about you know what what how in what ways this has brought us together and think about obviously all these conversations and, and podcasts like this that you're doing i um I, I johnny geller wrote an interesting article yesterday as well of, of how how we should all think about the books of the future and try and and use this opportunity to to close the distance with the readers and and and, and really you know really connect with them in in, in new ways um where may i ask where where did you see that article um i'll send it to you it was, it was published on the bookseller i don't know if it was okay. somewhere oh else right yeah. somewhere. i'm a little behind in my uh <laughs> in my industry news reading um, so okay. yeah no, he was talking about a number of things uh but I, I i usually follow him he always has interesting um interesting ideas on on, on agenting and um and yeah, he was he was talking about how everybody had been a little bit late in reacting, and and obviously you know a bit of a shock, but how yeah how what we really need now is to 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 st- kind of put ourselves in the minds of, of of people a year from now and what they will want to read and what will make them feel and and connect connect closer with people. Um, hmm. But this kind of idea of of connection. Um and uh yeah, wishing everybody obviously to be well and to be safe and I have I have no idea what will be the books of the future. I'd love to have a magic ball and know what <laughs> what will be the trends. Um but we'll see. Well I mean that's also the magic of, of, of books, no, and publishing that you never know. You never um, know. You <laughs> yes. can never predict. <laughs> and um, yeah, I like I said, I I, I hope I'm, I'm sure in a strange way and kind of a perverse way we're gonna miss the lockdown a few months from now when we are back in the in the wheel and we are back yeah. in our stressed lives and running up and down. We're gonna more more times than than, than we probably imagine. We're gonna say, oh gosh, I, I miss I miss the peace and quiet of, of you know being at home. But, yeah. Um I also think that it's it's people are going to um well I I think at least 
we may go back to kind of a normal, whatever that means, um, life faster than we would expect. I'm just thinking about my my experience when we had a um, a big wildfire here in uh, around mm-hmm. Ojai two two and a half years ago, 2017 it was, and. Um, thinking that during we were evacuated for 10 days and for after we came back there was like smoke for another two weeks so we had to wear masks when we whenever we went outside and even in in the beginning we had to wear them inside and that's actually how I still had masks for uh, for the pandemic yeah Yeah. Uh, because we had a whole whole stock then um and I thought just walking around then in the streets with my mask on back then thinking, oh, I just can't wait uh, for, you know, just to be able to see blue sky again and uh, to see the sun again. That must be such a wonderful feeling. And then once it actually happened, you just, I, I noticed personally, I just picked up my life again very quickly. This is obviously a very different situation, but still on in my daily personal life, um, I, I thought I would be a lot more, um, yeah, thinking a lot more about uh, the the evacuation and kind of, yeah, some kind of trauma that, that I lived yeah. and that I went through, but I just kind of move on. And, and I've been thinking about that a lot. Just yeah, I, I agree with you that it might be quicker than we we think, but I I do think that the kind of the, the kind of scars and wounds it will leave on people would be sure. very yeah. deep, and and I do think psychologists will have a lot of work. <laughs> and, yeah. and but yeah, it might we might adapt quicker than we think and go back into a, a kind Just of kind a of the daily of life, life right? mm. the train of daily life and daily yeah. preoccupation. I'm, I'm, you know, yeah, something that I hope will will not change because you know you've been here in 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 Spain and and a lot of our lives take takes place outdoors and, and I, I, you know great people here are not used to being indoors and um, houses are not equipped and and I hope that comes back quickly because I think that's what people miss the most. Uh, you know, just sitting on on a terraza with with mm-hmm. friends and chatting, or, or after work going outdoors, or just the kids uh, playing in the square, or, or or elder people going for a walk along the beach. I think this outdoor life, um, you know, really it's it's part of DNA, and 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 <laughs> yeah. I hope I hope that will go quickly back to normal. I think that's gonna be yeah. Fun. Uh, I we'll hope see. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> mm. All right. Well, Marina, thank you so much for sharing all this. Uh, it's been a, a great um, half an hour, no, even more, 40 minutes <laughs> that uh, I've spent with you. Thank you for your insights and, and your honesty. And um, yeah, I really appreciate it. Uh, shall we do this again in a year from now just kind of look back on <laughs> i would love that anyway <laughs> it would be lovely thanks thanks marlene for inviting me all right uh, it's a real pleasure and absolutely count count on it a year from now okay that sounds good all right marina take care talk to you soon bye bye talk to you soon bye hey it's marlene again I just wanted to add some context to my comments at the end of the interview with Marina about picking up our lives again once all this is over 
as in when all the COVID-19 craziness has passed. During the Thomas fire in December 2017, our small town was literally surrounded by a sea of flames and several of the limited number of exits to get out of our valley were shut down. We managed to get out in time and were evacuated for 10 days. Houses were lost and ours was threatened by the flames that reached the end of our street. Now, this situation was certainly traumatizing, but only two people in our area perished because of the wildfires. So, of course, this in no way compares to the suffering of those who have fallen ill with the coronavirus and those who have lost loved ones. My thoughts go out to them, and I am grateful to have not experienced any illness or loss among my friends, family and colleagues so far. I just wanted to clarify that. Thank you for listening to the Make Books Travel podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Check out the agency's website, 2CsAgency.com, for more information and resources about the international publishing scene. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a positive review. Merci et à la prochaine!